When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so let, let, let's get right to it here. Uh, Tom Keegan, who I know from the Lawrence uh, World Tribune, but now he's with the Boston. the Boston Herald. So he's he was a master of Kansas basketball for a long, long time. And um, we got Ian Thompson, the author of The Soul of Basketball, esteemed basketball writer. And this guy needs absolutely no introduction, as we know. We have two and two. We got two Herald alum. Herald alum. A uh, Herald guy yep. and two Globe guys. So that's a fair fight. That's good. That's good. <laughs> you think you, you, think you can? Yeah? Fair Still? fight. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll give it to you. It's how, it's how it ought to be. <laughs> All right. Let, let's get right to it. Everybody watched the, the, the Celtics game, but I had on my two TVs, I had the Celtics game on one, and obviously I had the Brooklyn game on the other. Brooklyn. I mean, you had to, didn't you? If you could flip back and forth or whatever, you're, you're watching Kyrie – and you're seeing him go for 25 at the half, and they're down. They're down 12, so you're thinking, all right, they're going to lose. He's going to get his, but they're going to lose. Uh, comes back, has a chance to win it. They go to overtime, has a chance to win in overtime. Ends up going for 50 at the same time when Kemba Walker is going four for 18 from the field. Yeah. So buyer's remorse like do you- Ow. <laughs> one over 180 excuse me one over 160 uh, try again one over 182 over 82 okay yes uh, if you're looking for a ret- referendum obviously uh, you know advantage Kyrie the both one thing they both had in common they both played on a losing team uh, last night and and Kyrie had the last shot and he kind of stumbled right and he it would have been nice uh, no no Ky- look Kyrie Irving is a transcendent talent that talent it was on display. Certain moves he makes that are not available to most other guards of his size. In the history of basketball, we've seen it. Everybody's seen it. Cleveland saw it. Boston's seen it. The Brooklyn Nets have seen it. And by the way, two, at least two other teams before he hangs it up will see it. Because the issue with Kyrie Irving is not the talent that was on display last night. It's everything else. And there's no evidence that he's just not the same person. So unless he disproves himself as the same person with the same effect on a team, the same attitude, the same whatever it is that, that, that distinguishes him, um, fine. Oh, he's a great talent. Okay? No one disputes that, least of all Brad Stevens. No, nobody. Danny Ainge, nobody. But there's a but, okay? And we'll see if he can overcome that but in he's time. He's one of the last guys you'd want as a teammate. Yeah, that's he's a, he's that's a, a big part of it. That's one thing. And another thing is narcissists are self-pity addicts, a lot of them. And this guy is a self-pity addict. I bet he has a great year to prove that he was wonderful and everything in Boston. Then next year when Durant joins him and Durant starts outscoring him and gets all the attention, he's going to turn into a selfish, I almost said a bad word. Keep in mind that to this day, to my knowledge, and I certainly am open to correction, he has never categorically stated why he left Cleveland. 
we, we, we're all left for implication to why he left Cleveland, but he has never categorically stated it. And I do believe this means he's searching for something in his life. God love him. I hope he finds it. He doesn't even know what it is. He doesn't know what that is. He's won a championship. He's got the biggest single shot in the history of a team and maybe one of the clutch shots in the history of the NBA, which started in 1946, and yet he's still not happy. Why? That's only for him to answer. I have a different take. Um, I think the problem with Kyrie is he's such a great talent. And so when the guy's that talented, you think, okay, he has to lead your team to a championship. But if you look over the last, I don't know, 40 years, ever since Bird and Magic came into the NBA, all the championships in the NBA, except for one, that Detroit Pistons team with Chauncey Billups had no great player, all the other championships have been won by like 17 players, NBA players. And if you didn't have one of those 17 guys, you weren't going to win the championship. If you didn't have Larry Bird or Michael Jordan, or Tim Duncan, or Magic Johnson, Shaquille O'Neal. You go on. There's only a few of them. Uh, and if you don't have one of those guys, you're not going to win the championship. Well, it's they not Ky- only didn't win the championship, though. They only won 48 games, and they actually had a better winning percentage in games he didn't play than in games <laughs> he played. Right, so what I'm saying is he's not one of those special guys. I don't think he's going to now. He was just starting out as a leader, so... He still has time to change things around. I don't think he will. I'm sure you guys He, he think cannot that. be a leader. Exactly. Kyrie so, cannot be a leader. But the so, is, so, so, so. But can he be the number two guy? Well, clearly he can. He's done proven and there that. Are, and there are, there are a lot of great players. With the best player on the planet. Fine. There are a lot of great players that are in the Hall of Fame who were the second guy or even the third guy on a championship team. Oh, he'll be in the Hall of Fame. So what I'm, what I'm trying to say is by the end of his time – if Kevin Durant turns out to be the guy that can lead Brooklyn to a championship team and to a championship, and Kyrie Irving's there to help him do that and is there as the second guy to help him along, I don't know, 10 years from now, we may be talking different about Kyrie Irving than we are right but, now. Uh, Ian, let me ask you this as in, in a devil's advocate way. The, I agree with you uh, on your analysis of, of this NBA history. There's no question about it. But can he accommodate himself to the idea that, that being number two is, is okay? See, because he was number two, he, he, but he had the big he, you know, he can and he, he didn't has, want to stay. Plus, he's got the he satisfaction wanted... of he. I got the big shot, not LeBron, but but you know, LeBron this was still LeBron. He was the, 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 clearly the guy, and he, and I'm going to throw this one out there with, with the possible underlying exception of Isaiah Thomas with Detroit in, in 1989 and 90, and we can argue no no small guard has been the guy. The guy. He's not going to be the guy. They've all been adjunct Kevin Durant's going to be the guy. Kevin Durant's the better player. No small guard has been the guy. Uh, But you might argue, Thomas, I'll listen to that argument. uh, And if it is is the case, that's one time since 1946. Right, but we shouldn't even be talking about Kyrie Irving as the guy. He just went to a team, and it was his idea to put it together. He's the number two guy. I mean, it's just so obvious to everybody. He sees himself like that? I think with even KD, with Durant, it's just going re- to work does out. Does this that prove? Way. I think they have Ian, the type this- of relationship that actually I do think Kyrie can be okay being the number. He, he thinks he's the one B, right? He'll, KD will let him believe <laughs> that that he's. Kevin Garnett did that with Paul Pierce. Every word out of Kevin Garnett's mouth when they first got together was, oh, this is Paul's team, this is yeah, Paul's city, yeah, right. Paul's the guy. Kevin Garnett never did a press conference early on without Paul Pierce sitting next to him. Right. We did a co- I did a cover story when they first got together at Sports Illustrated. The three guys, it was Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. Kevin Garnett's in the middle walking towards the camera, and he's pointing like this to Paul Pierce in the picture. Everything about Kevin Garnett was looking out for Paul Pierce and making sure that Paul Pierce was getting all the credit. 
Kevin Durant's a smart guy. He'll do that with Kyrie. And, and if Kyrie does like this and plays well and wants to stay there, does this prove that he really does regret leaving LeBron James? Can people change? I, see, I don't think he's changing. I, I think it was all about LeBron there and his crew. And, and I think, again, because of his relationship with KD, it's different. He considers himself an equal. And KD looks at him as an equal. LeBron never looked at him that way. LeBron looked at him like he looked at Jason Tatum last year, like his little brother. So he never allowed him. That, that's what Kyrie's he's thinking. Not, nobody was he's, an equal to him. Right. To LeBron. Right. But, but, but that's clear. And to be honest, nobody was an equal to Kyrie talent-wise last year in Boston. Nobody was an equal. No. Oh, had, but the problem a, was... He had a terrific statistical year. Uh, the issues were when the game was over and beginning and his suffocating presence in the locker room. As we have learned, right. we suspected it, and now we have learned it. It has been confirmed by those who were there uh, that, he over, that he intimidated, uh, if that's the right word, help me with the right one, but that he had some effect on the younger players uh, that was not a positive effect, that, that his whole presence was, was somehow... Made them self-conscious. I, want, I didn't want to go so far as say malignant, but there was a negative context to his presence, as it turned out, which is why I was saying earlier, it's not about the talent. The talent is unquestioned. But no one would, ridiculous, would, would be stupid to question his talent. But this, this stuff just changes. Like right now it looks, looks this way. But if we were back in 2011, the summer of 2011, after LeBron's first year in Miami, and what, he played eight seasons in the NBA as the best player. He'd never, he hadn't won a championship yet. And he'd let his team down at the highest time in the finals that year against Dallas. And you're saying, okay, LeBron, you're supposed to be a leader. You've got all this talent, and you just can't get it done. You haven't got it done any time, anywhere you've been. And now, now the story is so much different. I'm not saying Kyrie is going to be that. I, I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure he isn't. But... I do think that things are going to be different for him. There's, there's, the story's only halfway there for him. And the, Not and even. Look, and look. One one eighty second. Look, look. In basketball, <laughs> in basketball too. No, I'm just talking about halfway through his career. Yeah. All right. And in basketball, there's just so much of a demand on the best player of a team that's trying to win the championship. So much more than Tom Brady faces in football. The, the, the best player on the championship team is responsible for everything. He plays both ends of the court, plays all the minutes. He's responsible for the social fabric of the team, of creating the environment, making sure everybody else is happy. has to be the orchestrator of the game, of the team, everything. They're responsible for everything. It's an incredible burden. You see, it's too much for James Harden. It's too much for a lot of guys. What does this all say? I, I, Ian's right. And I think what, this, what the real the story here is that uh, and this goes it's back expectations. To- it's expectations. We shouldn't be expecting well, Kyrie Irving to be the best player on the championship team like that was expected of him okay. last year in Boston. What, what I'm, you know, the, no, but but I, somebody had to be, and he's the most talented player on and Boston. And he thought he could, and he found out he couldn't. So let's see if he learned some lessons. Is he capable of learning? We'll find out. Isaiah Thomas for years looked like he was incapable of learning for the old Pistons. Oh, and he was. And he, turned he, had, out a, he had a few harsher critics. Circa seven eighty seven eighty eight than I. I, I you, you, if you were to go back and Google or, or, or you know, uh, Lexus, no, ne- right. Lexus Nexus. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we don't have to look back. We'll... No, you know, you, you would see some of the stuff I wrote about him. How are you and Isaiah now? You guys good? I haven't seen him in years. We, we actually had an interesting little relationship at the time uh, afterward because he wanted to justify himself. You know, one of the things he said to me at the time after I criticized the hell out of him, I was, you know how old I was when I came in the league? 
uh, yeah, you were young, and and I had to grow. It was very. Uh, that's a whole other story. But I'm trying, I'm trying to get it. Is that um, what I'm trying to? What I do want to say overall is everything we're saying. I mean, I agree with Ian totally. But what we? My point is, I want to go, throw out to you the fascinating nature of the essence of what the game is all about and what it takes to be successful in the game. And, and, and it, all this that we're talking about all adds up to one thing. The game is larger than any one individual. And, and the game uh, is, is subtle, and the game it, it, and it's, it's a part talent, and it's part attitude, and it's part dedication, and it's part personality. Uh, and uh, I go back to um, one of my guys I revere in this game, Pete Carrill, you know, and he wrote a book called The Weak Take from the Strong. And and I mean, I'm just, if you ever get it, read it. But I mean, it's about the essence. That's why I love this game. It's not that simple. It's of having the best talent. It isn't that simple as having the best talent. And, and maybe none of them are, but God knows this one isn't. All right. So going from that, talent-wise, you watch the Celtics last night. And they go up against a big, talented Sixers team. They were terrible. The Sixers were terrible, too. I mean, honestly, it was an, it was an awful game. You don't like missed free throws as an entertainment spectacle? Missed free throws, like missed free, free, fouls. Like, just bad offense. <laughs> it was bad. I don't even think it was good defense. I just think it was bad yeah, offense on both sides. But you're watching the Celtics team, and, and I, I still have a lot of hope for this team. I do. I do. But I'm watching this team, and I'm just saying to myself, can they beat this Sixers team? Because they're going to have to go through them. Eventually. Yes. Right. Yeah, right. Most likely. And they do they match up well? I'm watching Kemba no. against Josh Richardson, and I'm saying to myself, he's getting swallowed up by the length of Josh Richardson, and then trying to get in the lane and make things happen. And you got Embiid, who didn't even have a great game. I mean, let's face it, oh. Billy didn't play well, and they still beat him, not convincingly, but easy enough going down the stretch. So. What are your concerns with the Celtics team? Again, it's game one. I get it. Gordon Hayward was probably the only one who played fairly well. And he wasn't great. He had 25 points. But most of them were kind of mid-range shots. He still didn't show any real gear throughout the whole game, that, that he's kind of back to the old Gordon. So how much concerns you about this team? Oh, I mean, I, 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 try, I was optimistic. I like. You know, I, I love Tatum. I think I thought he was going to step up. I'm happy that they signed Brown. I'm I'm, I'm a charter member of the Smart Fan Club, um, but I was aware of the of the um, problems in, in the middle and the defensive thing. No, that was not a good show. That's not a good show. And, uh, uh, Hayward, I'm you know, 25. I I, th- I thought Hayward was going to be a quasi All Star, if not an All Star this year. I really expected him to come back. Uh, but they played Philly, and it just, just told me. Philly's going to be trouble. There's no question about it. Embiid, they can't deal with it now. They, they, the guy who could deal with Embiid is playing next to Embiid. And that's a problem, yeah. you know, Al Horford. No question. They're going to have trouble with Philly. And I'm, 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 like, I'm resigned to, uh, I kind of knew this. So, eh, you know, that's the case. That's the case. Uh, I do think this, and I'm not the only one that thinks this. Um, long way between now and the trading deadline. And, and I, get a big. I, yeah, Danny's going to be looking around. The, 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 this will not be the team that ends the season. That's, I think, safe to say. I mean, I, I, look at, I look at the game last night and think, okay, the Philly team we saw, that's kind of what they're going to be when they get to the playoffs. It's going to be defense and ugly offense. And they're going to use their size to try bully teams, and that's how they're going to play. They're going to win with their defense. And I give the Celtics a chance – against them in the playoffs many, many months from now, if they become a team that moves the ball around, 
like really fast, like the way Brad Stevens does when he's dreaming in the middle of the night. Like the balls just could be flying around because they have so many different scoring options, and not one of them should be favored over the other. There's so many guys who can score at a high level between Tatum and Hayward and Kemba Walker and blah blah blah. So if they if they're moving the ball around like that, and they're shooting from the perimeter, well now they're they're riding the wave of what the NBA has become with all the three point shooting. If you look at the last five championship teams in the NBA, the best players on all those championship teams, they were all shooters. Every mm. single one of them could go out to the three-point line and shoot. So, How many great in, shooters do the Celtics have, though? Well, I'm talking about what does Philly have. So we're all Philly talking, doesn't have it. You're right. Philly so, does not have So we were talking about how does Boston match up with Philly. Well, in a playoff series, I think when you are relying on your three big money guys to carry you in a league that favors perimeter play – and only one of those guys can shoot from the three-point line. I don't know, and the Celtics can become, uh, if the Celtics are passing the ball around, they're not a championship team. They don't have the great player that can win the championship for you, but maybe they can get by a flawed Philadelphia team. There's a big if there. (laughs) If the Celtics are moving the ball around, bodies are moving, the ball's moving super fast, Kemba Walker has this over Kyrie Irving. He's a great teammate. He wants to do well. He... He's a guy who's easy to get along with. He thinks team-oriented. But his whole career, he's done something that Kyrie has done. Bam, 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 yeah, bam. Yeah, he's a pounder. He dribbles too much. He pounds it. And that's not a way to move the ball. And it doesn't mean he can't learn it, but it's not going to be a smooth transition if he's going to become a guy who's playing off the ball a lot. That's totally foreign to him. Well, fortunately, this NBA season last forever. So we'll see what happens. 182 games. When the regular season ends... <laughs> Baseball will be in its third week. Just remember that's how that's how down the far down the road we're You're talking. You're talking about regular season. I'm um, regular season. Yeah. Regular April, middle of April. Yeah. And I always I always have something <laughs> I say to people at this time of the year. I'm going to come back to you at March and ask you for five things you remember from the first month of the season. No one can ever remember five things. Well, remember the Rockets last year. Yeah, the I first don't. month of the season they were terrible. Yeah. Okay, I'll go I by. Saw them on the road, they were they were yeah. horrible. I mean, they they were talking about you know they were injured. D'Antoni losing his job, then they turned it around. You know, I, I thought watching them last night, too, they got nothing in transition. No. And they have to. Yep, this yeah. is a team that has to get out and run, and they got absolutely nothing. Yeah. You know, Kemba didn't push it. Even if they tried to, they weren't getting anything because Philly was getting back. And, you know, I, I do worry, though, about the Celtics because they're not great three-point shooters. Mm-hmm. They're not great. Like Tatum, I think, has a chance to be a 40%. I mean, he – he was his rookie year. Um, Gordon's good, but, again, we got to see it with him. Jalen Brown, I think, is more what he was last year, 34, something like that. Well, the last – Kemba, same thing. Last two-thirds of the year, he was like 38, 39. Yeah. It's not, after, the one, it's not one of the hopes, uh, the young lad from Purdue – now, uh, Carson. Carson. Edwards. Oh, here we go. Bob loves Carson uh, no, no, Edwards right now. He loves him. Great, my, great my take on game. Yeah, Carson yeah. Edwards had that game, the game, and you know what game I'm talking. You know, about. it was a preseason game, right? Um, when he had that, yes, I'm well just, aware. Just reminding when you. When he had that game points, and he made eight threes in five minutes quarter? and forty six seconds, which is just beyond preposterous, I said, "Oh, kid, don't do this." You know, three <laughs> or four, maybe. Don't tease people with that. Don't, please. Oh my Connor, God, Connor Henry. Connor Henry, I, oh, that's I, right. I remember. What a beautiful-looking shot Connor Henry had. Rot- Michael the Smith. Rotation Michael was Smith had a hell of a shot, too. Perfect. Anyway, right? but, but seriously, that was too much, and that was raising anybody's hopes too much. But he, he may be a, a, a major asset during the season. I'm still hoping out. 
There's major we're not wasting an asset. Carson Edwards here. Too. You're not? We're not. I'm, no, I'm, we're, you're, I'm being shot down. We're moving down. on from Carson shooting Edwards. me down. It's got to be somebody. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. I'm, right. Was he, was he wor- I don't think he so was I'm, worth the I'm, money. I'm, I would, wait a minute. Before you go, I'm filing an ageism charge on that right now. I'm sorry. On which? On, on shooting down Carson Edwards. <laughs> All right. Now, I just want to be on record. We'll, we'll revisit later. Okay. <laughs> Jalen Brown. Sign him to a deal. Was it $100 million guaranteed? Hundred million, four years, yeah. hundred five, whatever it was. So you're talking twenty five, twenty eight million a year. I wouldn't have done it. I would not have done it. I, I'm not. I'm not in the camp that Jalen Brown is a top three player for a championship caliber type team, even in three five years. I don't think he is. So, I think part of it is the Celtics are in a position where all of a sudden they lost Kyrie Irving and Al Horford. They lost two important assets. And they're in this era where you just can't count on anything anymore. You can't count on good intentions. You can't assume that guys are going to make certain decisions when they're in free agents. Not when Greg Popovich has, in back-to-back summers, LaMarcus Aldridge demanding the trade before getting talked out of it, and then Kawhi Leonard walking out on San Antonio. I mean, if it can happen there, it can happen anywhere. So I think if you've, if you've invested this high draft pick and you've been building this guy up over the last few years, Jalen Brown, and he's by far your best athlete, and, and there is still upside for him. I mean, he's, he's just about to turn 23, and he's been in all this uh, high playoff experience. I think you've got to keep him. I think you got And then this new economy with the numbers, I, I always find myself lagging behind on the money. And every year I'm saying, I can't believe this guy's getting paid that much. And then three years later, the way the salaries keep going up, you say, well, it's not that bad of a deal because the, the money just keeps snowballing. So I, I think they had to sign them, and I'm, I think it's a good thing for them that they did. I, I'm, I'm assuming that it means they, they have a, a fiscal plan for Tatum. That's all. I mean, because I'm, I'm, I'm still very bullish on Tatum. I'm, I'm sure they do. Yeah. Well, Hayward will be off the books mm-hmm. when, when, when Tatum's extension right. goes in. So or they're, they're going to do a multi-year deal for a lot less money. A lot less money. Yeah, a lot less. I mean, Tatum, Tatum's going to get max. He is. I mean, he's going to average by default this year 17, 18 points, probably closer to 20 and, and seven boards. You, you have to pay Tatum. To me, you have to pay I want to. Yeah. I mean, I want to. Yeah. yeah. They and he's got he's to gotta turn into your number one guy by the end of the year, by the, by the playoffs. And, and he didn't look good last night. No. He admitted it. I mean, he, he made a few threes, but, you know, again, has trouble finishing around the basket right now. But I think he's, he's trying to figure out his role. That whole team is. I mean, I know they played together a few of them uh, overseas. And, you know, Four of them. But Tatum was hurt. Yeah, right. So he, he, didn't hurt. Really play, he didn't really and, play and a whole lot. And then Smart got hurt, too. Right. So, you know, they played together. Kemba and Jalen have played together probably more than, more than anybody. But I, I think this team, again, they've got chemistry going for them. They've got a point guard who they know eventually, and you're right, Tom, like he's not there yet. He's not there yet because he had to do everything in Charlotte. So he's yeah. used to, even at UConn, he had to do everything. Yeah, it's a different His deal. entire career, that kid Christ the King, he had to do everything. <laughs> so yeah, this UConn. is the first time he's actually had offensive options to, to throw it to. So I think he'll get better at that of distributing. But the bottom line is, no matter what, those guys look at Kemba when they take a shot now, and they're not looking at him like they looked at Kyrie, like, is he going to give me that, that look? Right. They're not worried. They're, not, they're playing free. You could see it with Tatum last night. Playing free. He, made, he missed shots. He kept taking them. And when, we, when you talk about Tatum not being ready 
and Jalen Brown not being ready yet. I mean, during the last summer at the World Championships, Kemba Walker was the guy, when they were under pressure, that wasn't afraid to shoot. He was the one guy that took it on himself on that team. So I think, if anything, he's got to provide a bit of leadership by not dribbling so much, by taking the big shot and making it, which he didn't do last night. So I, I look at him as sort of a weather vane for the team. If Depending on how he's playing and what he's doing, how efficient, how productive he is, that's going to be a good sign of how well they are doing. He's probably pressing a little, too. I mean, he's it's got to be. Yeah, he's on a new team with uh, good players for the first time. He's yeah. feeling a little self-conscious. He'll get better. Maybe. Maybe he just can't make that transition to playing off the ball some and being productive when you don't have the ball in your hand. It's hard when you've been as good as he's been. You, you lead a team to a national title, and, I mean, you're the only show in town in Charlotte. It's going to be tough. I, I don't think – that it's a guarantee that he's going to be a smooth transition. Well, he may not be an all-star. Like that, that, I mean, I think he'll have a good year. But, yeah, he may not be an all-star. And this team needs at least one all-star. Oh, God, yeah. They have to have one. Uh, you're, you're not going deep without an all-star. It, whether it's Tatum, it's got to be either Tatum or Kemba. It's not going to be Gordon Hayward. No, they we need, know that. They need two or three. They probably need both of them. They probably need Kemba and Tatum yeah. to be all-star caliber players. Because, again, I – I think Gordon Hayward is going to be your number three guy and a oh, solid number three I want to guy. see a little more. I'm, I'm not ready to go there yet. I, I, I'm still holding out hopes that he'll be. I hope but, you're right. I just, no, no, of course. But I, know, I'm yeah, not positive. Am I positive? No, no. He was smooth last night. I'll yeah. give him that. He was smooth. He was a little more assertive. I still didn't see one play, not one, where he showed any sort of, of burst, gear, athleticism. Mm. Not that he was the greatest, greatest yeah, athlete, athlete. But he was, he was a, a, a plus athlete. <laughs> Even in the NBA. All right, speaking of plus athletes. The I don't cl- want to talk about nah, myself. Tom, yeah, you are. You're, you're pretty athletic from, from what we hear. <laughs> Back in your day. But you were, you were, you were no uh, Kawhi Leonard, who uh, yeah. took, took the Clippers on his back in the season opener uh, and took on not just LeBron, but LeBron and AD without Paul George and, and, and beat the you-know-what out of him. I was shocked. I mean, I'm watching the beginning of that game, and I'm like, the Lakers are going to smack him. Kyrie, I mean, uh, Kawhi wasn't great early. Missed, yeah, they're up at you 11. Know, LeBron yeah. was kind of just doing his thing. AD was in the paint just kind of overpowering guys with his length and, and strength. Like, that's the one thing that, about AD that impresses me so much now is, like, he's so much bigger and stronger. And then all of a sudden, man, it was, the, you know, the, uh, the Kawhi show. And he comes back and he shows – He's the best player in the game right now. He's the best overall player in the game right now. I don't even think there's a question. But here's my question to you guys. Is LeBron, was LeBron the third best player in that game? Because he looked like it. I don't know about the game. But, and I do agree, Kawhi Leonard's the best player in basketball right now, you know, opening week of the season. But what are we going to be saying during the playoffs? And I'm putting it this way. LeBron James... um, this is the first time in nine years where he didn't play into June. And one or two of those summers, he was at the Olympics. Um, and when he plays in the June, he's doing everything. You know, it's basically triple-double all the time and pulling all the weight, like even emotionally. And, and also, all summer, all he's heard is that he's washed up. And the killer was Scottie Pippen coming out and saying, well, nobody has to worry about LeBron anymore. He's 17 years haven't we seen this before? I mean, what would, how would Michael Jordan react to that? 
How would other guys, other great players? Michael Jordan would have had 40 and one against no. the Clippers the other night. No, I think I think what what LeBron does, is do, going to do is he's going to use this regular season to help Anthony Davis see the way forward. Because Anthony Davis doesn't know what's ahead of him. He doesn't know how to contend the NBA. He doesn't know how to play through injuries the way LeBron does. There's a reason why LeBron plays a lot of games every year, because he plays through injuries. And Anthony Davis has never had that kind of a role model. So LeBron's going to be slow-pedaling it during the season. But if we're now in the second round, third round of the playoffs, game five, game six, it's a tight game. And LeBron's been pacing himself, and he's ready to play, and he's had this rest, and everybody's saying he's no good. Who do we think is going to be the best player in the NBA in those moments? All right, LeBron James, is, as of today, is 68 days shy of his 35th birthday. He has not played he – he's closing in on playing half his life in the NBA, literally. Wow. And not only has he had all the regular seasons, he's had all this extensive playoff, including eight straight finals, as we know, which do the math on how many games that is. It's well over 160 games extra. Just those eight years okay, in, in a row. Uh, so I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, it's it, true. The wear and tear really. is phenomenal. Uh, um, now, the, uh, now, put that on one side. On the contrary, I'm going to be my own devil's advocate, Okay. I looked at this going into the season and said, is it possible, and I'm just, once again, is it possible that there's some kind of analogy between what Magic did for Kareem in 1989 and what Anthony Davis might be able to do for LeBron in in 2019-20? Granted, different position, juxtaposition here, you know, but what, what, what Magic did for Kareem was rejuvenate him. Kareem was a bored guy who had not been out of play, uh, been a factor in the playoffs uh, at that point for several years and had actually told a writer for the L.A. Times, all they want pay, pay me to do is shoot, show up and shoot a few hook shots. And then the kid comes in, and we all know, and you we were talking earlier about opening nights. It's the only opening night game in my, I hate to say it, 50 years of covering this league or seeing it that I remember distinctly, and that was that opening night watching on television when... They, uh, the Clippers beat the Lakers, and I mean, La- Lakers beat the Clippers, and Magic jumps into Kareem's arms at the foul line, and Kareem goes, "Kid, we got 81 more," you know. <laughs> Seriously, but all I'm saying is, this is different. What, what, what? Um, it's not that he's rejuvenating LeBron, but making his low load easier, you know. At this, it's by far the best player he's played. So, so we'll see about that. But I, but just keep in mind that he is. There's a lot of wear and tear in that. No, oh, by the end of the season, he's going to be number three all time in minutes, regular season minutes. LeBron. Oh, I'm not not mentioning the playoffs. So, no, it's totally true. It's totally true. But he's also and they're not loafing big guy minutes. No, no. But he's also unlike everybody else we've seen as far as his endurance, his stamina is. Except for this past season with the injury he had, he's unlike everybody else. So. But I think, Kawhi, I think Kawhi, again, you're looking at a guy that's a specimen, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know he's not LeBron, right? He's not. He's not the creator. Yeah, and he's not 270. He, he, he still doesn't look like LeBron. But, man, he, he is a beast. And the one thing that separates Kawhi from everybody out there is he just doesn't give a shit about anything. He just wants to play ball. <laughs> like, LeBron still wants to oh. talk about this, that, oh. the other. Right? Space Jam 2. Uh, no. Right, whatever oh. it is. Kawhi just wants to play ball and nothing else. Yep. Just wants to win. So why didn't, no why didn't Popovich like him then? Why, why because didn't... of Uncle Dennis. Uncle Dennis was the one who told Kawhi not to play. 
That, that was the rift. It was it, just like Anthony Davis listened to Rich Paul. Anthony right. Davis is a great kid, super kid, like the highest of high character. But he listened to Rich Paul. So he didn't play in New Orleans. Walking off the court that one time, there's no way in hell Anthony Davis would have done that had it not been for Rich Paul. And again, listen, they, they got what they wanted. It comes with a price because some people question now Kawhi and Anthony Davis because of how they handled it. But again, I think they were just listening I, I, to the wrong quick people. Quick question, quick question. Uh, it's been well established. Kawhi doesn't care what anybody thinks of him. Right. And I just, he's doing his thing and that's that. Is Anthony Davis equally insensitive, or is he susceptible to, you know? No, he's susceptible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. There's only one Kawhi out there. Didn't he? What did he but then, hence, what about the famous T-shirt last year? How did you read that? You know, when Anthony yeah, went, when he, I forget uh, what it said yeah, when he walked off the court. I forget, it, right? You remember. Yeah, what, something about them all done. Or yeah, yeah, whoa. Again, you know? I think that was <laughs> agent-driven. Yeah, I know, but can't you be a man yourself if you're that yeah. intelligent? I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just you a You should be, but again, all. listen. All right. I'm There's other factors there where, where your agent's telling you, yeah. hey, listen, we're going to get you to L.A. And they did get what, he want, what they but wanted. But you've got to do this, this, and this. And, and I promise, if you do all this, we're going to get you to L.A. We're going to get you to winner. I bet, he, I bet he doesn't regret it. I bet he doesn't I regret any of You're it. You're probably right, because yeah. he's in L.A. right now, and yeah. he's playing with LeBron. May, and, may I pose a technical question for you, gentlemen, uh, in terms of the Lakers? There was no uh, Rondo, who was some mysterious late-game scratch, as I'm told, and no Caruso, who most, though most people don't know who that is. Loves, he loves Caruso, I, I mean, people, Parson Edwards and Caruso. There's a, there's a, there's a groundswell. There's a cult. There's is a, it the, the hair, there's, there's a Caruso cult out It's there. the voice, Caruso. Okay. Uh, um, when they get a real point guard on the floor, which I never had last night, you know, yeah. uh, how's LeBron, is that going to be a – you see that as a positive? How, what, do you, what are your thoughts yeah. about those guys? How about Ron, let's talk Rondo. Let's just talk him specifically. Where do you see Rondo at this point, and where do you see Rondo in this context? Well, they don't have, like, the, a big thing the Clippers have is they have Lou Williams to come off the bench and give them that second no, unit no leadership. So, but the Lakers clearly don't. So, to me, the Lakers have to find a way to make sure that either LeBron or Anthony Davis is on the court at all times, apart from when they start or when they finish together. So, when LeBron's on the court, that's a good time to rest Rondo. And then when LeBron comes off, then Rondo's out there with Anthony Davis, and Rondo's the orchestrator. So to me, that, that's, that's Rondo's role, and it becomes really, really important now that they have Anthony Davis to give them a full 48 minutes. Can you have a second unit with Kuzma as the main the other thing. when he comes back? I mean, that, might that be would be amazing, but unfortunately, they've really poisoned that by announcing before the season that Kyle Kuzma, who no one had ever heard of 15 minutes ago, is now going to be their number three all-star and, like, the new Chris Bosh and all this stuff. So he's got this idea, I'm sure, that he's going to be up there. He's the number three guy. It's a big three. Well, isn't he? Huh? No. Isn't he? No. no. You don't no. think so? Hell no. He has, to, he has a lot Wait, to prove he's a, before. He's a, good, he's a good young player. Yeah. Like, Jason Tatum is better than Kyle Kuzma. He's a better talent. He he will be a better player. Whether you put him in L.A., but, 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 yeah, he may be. But 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 who's who? All right, well, so who's who's number three in their, in their pecking fine. order? Kuzma's who's number good. three in their pecking order? Then I'm just asking. No, he is. Who's number three? To, oh, okay. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. Right, yeah, he's number but three. he's not an all star. All right, but he's their number. That's he what we're is their say. number three by default. That's what they're stuck with by default. Theoretically, theoretically, I'm just theoretically. Yes. Yes. I mean, a good, good young player. He's yes. trying to establish it. He just hasn't like proved that. And, and Kuzma now is thinking, I'm the guy. I'm in L.A. He's been answering all the questions about, uh, I want to be the third guy. I'm the number three. And everybody's asking him like it's a fait accompli. I'm throw another question out for my esteemed colleagues. Are you, how are you on Frank Vogel? Is he, is he up for this? 
doesn't matter. Because LeBron's the coach. The, we're back yeah, to that already. I mean, we, Frank, we, we, Frank's smart enough to look at his paycheck every <laughs> month and say, like, hey, I'm not, I'm not causing any waves here. I, I, I know what happened the last... Someone has to ask these obvious questions. That's my job. <laughs> I mean, I hope Frank Vogel called David Blatt. <laughs> you know, that Casey Jones had to manage Larry Bird. Oh, don't... I know. Oh, they won God. championships. They won championships doing it that way. Eric Spolstra had to manage LeBron. I mean, LeBron in 17 and games. And Wade. But 17 games into his first year, LeBron went to Pat Riley's office with the two other guys and said to Pat Riley, will you coach the team? So, you know, and Eric Spolstra had to manage that. So I'm sure Frank Vogel can manage it. I'm sure I'm he can. Just, yeah. All right, so let me get to it now. It sounds like my guess is... You're, you're pro Lakers here. If, if, we're, if we're going through and saying, and again, it's one game, it's nothing, but who, who's going to win the championship? Or who do you like out of the Lakers, Clippers, or somebody else? If you want to go, you know, Westbrook and Harden, be my guest. I won't. But I want to see it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical there. I just think the dynamics there are so different than they were when they last played together. Uh, and Westbrook has elevated himself to a status. Uh, Harden has elevated himself to a status. Are they going to be you know, co-conspirators and, and happy and kumbaya, maybe. Yeah. And if it, but even then, is that enough? I don't know. Um, the team that could up, I, I, I don't think you want to play every night, any night is Denver. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm, I'm such a, 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 love I'm such a suck up on Djokovic. How can you not? I am. Man. Everybody. I am. And Murray is exciting. And, but God, Djokovic got off to a great start again last night. The curtain lifted and there he was doing the same thing, playing the passes, making the threes, playing the game. You know, I love him, but they're, they're a thorn. They're, they're an impediment. They're, they're an obstacle. Yeah, sure. An obstacle. Sure, I'll give you that. How's that? I'll give you that. A speed bump. They're an obstacle. If they win, it's the 77 Trailblazers. That's what it is. Well, if fine. They win. No, I'm level. just saying, I'm saying it's yeah, possible, that's... but there's only one path. There's only one, like, role model for them. The league's different. I and know. It's, it's the... And I don't know that they're any better than... Uh... So did you pick did you, Lakers, um, Clippers, I, 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 Denver? I, Are you going on the limb and saying the Denver no, Nuggets? No, I'm just throwing them out there as a team to watch... Uh, for sure. Um, 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 we had this discussion, you and I, about l- matching up those Laker and Clipper rosters, and you, you kind of persuaded me a little bit that oh, Clippers just, were better than I thought. Because I told you close. at the time that, that, that I, I like the Laker roster better than the yeah. Clippers. And, and now I'm, I'm, I'm completely waffling. I am backpedaling completely uh, at, at all. And by the way, let's just quickly touch upon that Clipper game here tonight. 60 points off the bench. We know Lou Williams, who I historically is not getting his due. Yeah. I, I just think some write a book, Ian. Lou Williams is unbelievable. I, I'm, I'm just amazed by Lou, and he's that not, be, that he's not a lot appreciated. Of oh, yeah. He's not I'd be so rich. He's not <laughs> appreciated. All right, well, but, well, the, but uh, I'm only kidding. But um, they got 60 points off the bench, and Mo Harkless is, and there's a sneaky... He act, played well. There's he a sneaky really acquisition, well. Mo Harkless, so people don't, right? The Clippers roster is better than the Lakers roster, but I, I just find myself edging towards the Lakers because... Look, okay, if I say the Lakers are going to win for seven months, I'm going to look like an idiot. For seven months, other teams are going to look better, and night after night in this 24-7 culture, I'm going to look like a moron for thinking that. But when we get into May, I think I'm going to look pretty smart for picking the Lakers. I'm going to throw one more out there. Point. I'm going to throw one more out there. There's a guy in the Clippers that I can see in a key Western Conference playoff game, championship game, a seventh game against the Lakers, right? is going to do something to piss off a Laker who will take a poke at him, get thrown out of the game, and they will win the game, and that is Patrick Beverly. He is an killer. X-factor. I am telling you. Thank you. I love Patrick Beverly. <laughs> yeah, love me, him. Me too. Absolutely. I mean, anybody that will guard 
KD like he will, right? I mean, he'll, he'll yeah. guard anybody. It doesn't matter. Anthony Davis, it doesn't matter. That so dude, skinny Marcus Smart. He will not Doc, back Doc, down. Doc, Doc loves him. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Doc you know, loves him. You going, you going Lakers? Yeah, I am. You are. All right. Tom? Don't sleep on the Bucks. They win it all. Yeah, Clippers out of the West. Don't sleep on the Bucks. Oh. And I, I have a confession to make. You know who I love? Carson Edwards. Oh, see him oh here we see go. Him. You had to do this. To I me. see him Thank and you. I see Vinny Johnson. I see World oh, Be Free. We talked about Vinny Johnson. We, we do, well, well, yeah, we, He's Vinny Johnson. Yeah. If if it works out, he's got even bigger legs <laughs> than Vinny Johnson. Yeah, that, Those legs are like build. tree trunks. Yeah, weird build. Now, he guys. could score. But as I told Bob, I said, just be careful. Look at his Big Ten stats a year ago. No. They were atrocious. They were not good. He turned it on when it mattered in the NCAA tournament. And then he had the preseason game of, what, the century? Oh. Preseason five minutes of well, the century? Well, no one's ever seen anything like it. Ever. <laughs> Never. He we, may shoot him out of more games than he shoots him into, but he's going to be a blast to watch. I don't think he's going to get the ball very much, so I don't, I don't know if it's going to We used to have a phrase for guys much. like that, Tom. He, he, he keeps both teams in the game. Yes, that's right. <laughs> All right, last thing before we wrap it up here. I, I cannot let Tom uh, leave this podcast no. without talking about Kansas basketball <laughs> yeah. and Fog Allen. And I know Bob. Bob loves this. I, I have said to anybody who will listen that, it's my favorite place to watch a game. I've been to Duke. I've been everywhere, all the big, the best places. And people think I'm nuts. They're like, it's got to be Duke, right? It's got to be Cameron. And I told you earlier, one of the factors is at least when I leave Fog Allen, I don't have blue paint all over my, my jacket like I do at Duke with all those, the Cameron crazies. So I like that. But I, I do think it's better. Um, it's bigger. They're on top of you. And I'll tell you what, that video before the game starts – is Insane. Awesome. The, yeah. best. the best. It is. The whole thing is so great. And uh, one of my memories from there is Sharon Collins just taking over a game. And, and uh, they beat Baylor 190. And I look up into the stands. And who's there with his lovely wife? Is her name Joan? Joan, your wife? Oh, no, Joan Ryan Elaine. is the writer. Uh, Joan, Joan Williamson, whose wife? My wife is Elaine. Elaine. Yes. Your, your wife, Elaine, is there with You're you. right, Baylor. Correct. And, and I'm thinking... Why is Bob sitting in the stands? And, you know, they don't have a spot on press row for him. And I talked to him after the game. He said, believe it or not, I've never been to a game. No, no, it was a long I couldn't goal. believe it. It was a goal. I never got there professionally. And finally, I, I, I just took time and, and um, you know, went there just to go there with, with, with her. I, I was in a quest of, of a number of years. I was taking my wife around to various college venues to show her what, that big, what the world was like out there. You know, she yeah. grew up in Boston, Brighton, Massachusetts, B.C. That's the only exposure she had to big-time college well, that, sports. That, that but doesn't that's not big-time college sports. <laughs> don't, so, don't use B.C. and big-time college sports so in the same no, sense. So, so, we've, so the first pilgrimage we made to was Allen Fieldhouse because I needed to go there, okay? Yeah. And then we've been to Kentucky. We've been to uh, LSU football, Ole Miss football. We've been to Louisville, Kentucky, uh, uh, Indiana. But the uh, pilgrimage to Fog Allen Fieldhouse. I mean, I was, and, was, and he had a was, better was, seat was than he did. He well, Lou, I mean, it was a great Chelsea, seat. Chelsea's own Lou Perkins took care of us. Yes. He is from Chelsea. That's yeah. right. He took care of us. Yeah. I'll tell you a funny... <laughs> I'm so glad you, that you pointed that out. No, that oh, was, yeah. it was a, We had a wonderful time. I'll tell you a funny, quick uh, Lou Perkins story. I go to a Boston College football game this year. I've been going to all of them. They don't want to sign it. I just go and I write it because I want, I want to see Boston College play football. It reminds me of my brother mm-hmm. who went to Boston College and ran track. But uh, Mark Blouchin sure. is sitting there next to me. And I said, you were uh, friendly with Lou Perkins. And he goes, yeah, let me tell you a Lou Perkins story. 
Lou was mad at the Hartford Current. So, and that was the way Lou would get. He was mad at my paper for a while and uh, in Kansas. And so Lou called up Mark and he said, Mark, I need you to ask me a question. Okay, Lou, what question should I ask you? He asked me if I'm leaving UConn and going to the University of Kansas. Okay, Lou, are you leaving UConn and going to the University of Kansas? No comment. <laughs> Go- <laughs> Goodbye, Mark. Goodbye, Lou. Thank you. <laughs> Boom. Big scoop for Mark Blouchin in the Boston Globe. That's what I was at UMass, right? Yeah, UMass. Oh, that's great. No, so anyway, you're right. No, you know, Fox, but I have to tell you, my, I grew up, I'm, I'm, you know, I always said I want to be buried at midcourt at the Palestra. That's still my... The, really? Yeah. Uh, How about the, the old garden and the dead no, spot? The Don't you want to be buried there? I, my, my roots, my, my, my foundation sports were college basketball and Major League Baseball. And, and, and the Palestra was where I started going. I was six years old. My father was the assistant AD at Villanova for two years. And we went to these games every, every Saturday night in the convention hall or Philadelphia or the Palestra. And, 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 and the, the vintage years, you know, from when it was started in 55 till about 85 when Raleigh and Cheney wrecked the Big Five because they got too big for the britches. Uh, the Big Five was the greatest show in college basketball. And, and Palestra was the heartless beat. Uh, still my favorite, but my God, uh, outside of you know, Delaware Valley, my favorite place would definitely be Allen Fieldhouse. So I, I worked in Europe for six years. I did a lot of European basketball. The Peace and Friendship Stadium in Athens, when Panathinaikos plays Olympiakos, there is nothing like that. And you said you want to be buried at the Palestra? Yeah. There are times when I was there that I thought I was going to be buried to... <laughs> there during the game. So, what, what, so what's it like over there? Like, what, I mean, why you see it and they're just out of control? It looks like even higher level in college. It's betting during the game? It's the one place where basketball is truly life and death. And the players are worried that they're going to leave the court, you know, whole. Do they throw the heated coins? I've heard of that. Yeah, time. yeah, they throw the coins. And, uh, and <laughs> when you walk in the arena, when you used to walk in the arena, I don't know if it's still this way, but when you used to walk in the arena, there'd be cops outside with shoe boxes, and you'd have to give up all your coins and the lighters. And I went up to this guy, Kenny Grant. He was an American agent who was living in Europe. Next day, I said, I saw them taking the coins because the fans throw the coins at the players, but why do they take the lighters? He said, because they use the lighters to heat the coins the before coins. they throw them. <laughs> And when you throw a hot coin that sticks to the skin, it brands the skin. A tattoo. And this is, this is re- some real thought has put into wow. this. And, you know, setting the stands on fire and uh, <laughs> having to have cops in riot gear ring the stadium floor and, and uh, the players, the, the fans run out onto the floor at the end of the game. And if a player is too, and from the visiting team is too late, I saw Byron Dinkins. Uh-huh. Remember Byron Dinkins? Yeah. He was playing for Panthenikos. And they were you wrote about Yankos. this in Sports Illustrated, didn't you? I can't Maybe. Didn't I wrote about it somewhere. Um, probably in the, Herald Trib- the old Herald Tribune. But Byron Dinkins was attacked by a bunch of fans leaving the court because he'd hurt his back, and they're surrounding him, and they're just punching him in his back where he got hurt. I mean, this is like, this is like the, wor- the, the kind of behavior you see at the most violent soccer matches. It's just because it matters so much to them. And when you come back over here and watch American games, mm-hmm. it's kind of boring <laughs> because people have perspective. People, yeah. people don't oh, care what that, fun is that much. What fun is perspective? No. Magianis and Caracas in baseball is similar to what you said, but I don't remember heated coins. Yeah, I heard that. That's story. just violent. Yeah, That is crazy. crazy. All right, well, listen, ah. I, I really appreciate uh, you guys joining us tonight. 
really good, and uh, we had a good time here at, at uh, Fenway Johnny's. We're, we're right at Fenway Park here, and uh, did the, uh, the the Ryan and Goodman podcast with the. We got to bring him back. Oh, absolutely. Right? Encore. Ian Thompson, Tom Keegan, Encore. thanks for joining us for thanks this. For this is great. Yeah, thanks and for uh, I can listen to those those stories about international basketball all all day. Yeah. That's, I mean, heated, I like the referee heated heated coins. <laughs> Man, that, that, that takes it to a different level. <laughs> all right, well, listen, um, we'll do the podcast again next week. I don't know where we'll do it from, Bob. Probably won't be uh, an establishment. As, as How about as Athens? This. Athens. That'd, That'd be, be good. good. Yeah, Athens. You paying? Uh, well, we can uh, we go Dutch. All right, there you go. All right. Well, there you have it. Join us next week. Uh, Ryan and Goodman Podcast. We'll be back.